With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to the July edition of One Month to a Better Compliance Program. This month, we're going to focus on One Month to Better Internal Controls. This month's sponsor is Workiva, and first, I'd like to have a word from our sponsor. Thanks, Tom. Workiva delivers a modern internal control solution that connects risk and internal control information across the enterprise. The WS Cloud Platform is collaborative, powerful, and intuitive, and optimizes documentation, testing, approval, and reporting processes. The platform is proven to increase productivity and drive better decision-making and is used by more than 2,800 organizations worldwide for financial reporting and ICFR processes. To learn more, visit www.workiva.com. Over the next month, I'm going to explore several topics related to internal controls. We're going to take a look at what internal controls are and how they relate to a best practices compliance program. I'm going to help you understand how to design an internal controls regime for compliance, and then some of the specific internal controls for the functional disciplines within a corporate compliance program. We're going to take a look at the COSO 2013 framework around internal controls and explain how that integrates into your best practices compliance program. I think it'll be a fascinating uh, month for you. We'll certainly uh, explore the area of internal controls in depth. This podcast, One Month to a Better Compliance Program, is a part of the Compliance Podcast Network. Day 14, what is the COSO 2013 framework? This week, we turn our attention to COSO with an introduction to the organization and its framework for internal controls. I will go through the internal controls and how they relate to compliance. Finally, I will end the discussion of the evaluation of internal controls through the COSO framework. Once again, I am joined in this exploration by internal controls and accounting expert Jill Howe, the Executive Vice President at Workiva, Inc. What is COSO? This acronym stands for the Committee of Sponsoring Organizations of the Treadway Commission, which originally adopted in 1992 a framework for the basis to design and then test the effectiveness of internal controls. It was deemed necessary to update this more than 20-year-old framework in 2013 so that it provides a very supportable approach when adversarial third parties challenge whether a company has an effective controls. Internal Controls while the COSO framework is designed for financial controls, I believe that the SEC will use the 2013 framework to review a company's internal controls around compliance. This means you need to understand what is required under the 2013 framework and show adherence to it or justify an exception if you receive from a letter from the SEC asking for evidence of your company's compliance with, inter- with the internal controls provisions of the FCPA. COSO has produced three volumes detailing the 2013 framework, which I'm going to refer to throughout this week. The first lays out the framework and is entitled Internal Control Integrated Framework, which I'll call the Framework Volume. The second is the Illustrative Guide entitled Internal Controls Integrated Framework Illustrative Tools for Assessing Effectiveness of of a System of Internal Controls, which I'll call the Illustrative Guide. 
which discusses how best to assess your internal controls regime and provides forms and worksheets for you using that exercise. The third volume is the executive summary. Um, and all three work well to form an excellent starting point for the exploration of the COSO framework and how you might use it in your best practices FCPA compliance program. The 2013 framework was a basic framework retained the, uh, uh, with substantial report support rather from companies, and it added three specific objectives. Operations objectives, including the effectiveness and efficiency of operations, safeguards, safeguarding assets against loss, two reporting objectives, internal and external financial reporting, and three compliance objectives, adherence to laws and regulations to which the entity is subject. According to the guidance in the 2013 update, the system of internal controls can be considered effective only if it provides reasonable assurance that the organization has, among other things, complied with the applicable laws, rules, and regulations, and external standards. With the addition of these specific objectives, the COSO framework now specifically includes the need for controls to address compliance with laws and regulations. The COSO 2013 framework defines internal controls from bottom to top with the following objectives. Control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communications, and monitoring. From these five objectives come 17 principles, which I will be exploring throughout this series. Larry Rittenberg, in his book, COSO Internal Controls and Integrated Framework, said that the original COSO framework from 1992 had stood the test of time because it was built as a conceptual framework which could accommodate changes in the environment, globalization, organizational relationships and dependencies, and information processing and analysis. However, the updated 2013 framework was based upon four general principles, which include the following. <clears throat> The framework uh, shows internal controls should be conceptual, which allows for an updating of them uh, and evolution. Two, internal controls are a process which is designed to help businesses achieve their business goals. Three, internal controls apply to more than simply accounting controls. It applies to compliance controls and operational controls. And four, while it all starts with tone at the top, the responsibility for the implementation of an effective internal, con internal controls resides with everyone in the organization. For the compliance practitioner, this final statement is significant because it speaks directly to the need for the compliance practitioner to be involved in the design implementation of internal controls for compliance, not simply to rely upon the company's accounting, financial, or internal audit function to do so. The primary objective to keep in mind, even if an organization adopts the framework, there will be very few people in, within the organization who have the unique knowledge that a compliance officer has <clears throat> that would impact all of the elements of the COSO framework. The compliance officer's role is to provide input to the chief financial officer and others involved in the implementation to be sure that there is a proper focus on the risks that are really a part of the compliance world. The primary <clears throat> risk, this rather, this primarily comes through the risk assessment component, the control activities, and then the monitoring. Companies typically do risk assessment from an operational standpoint and address business risks going forward, then develop the controls that deal with those business risks, which could be project financial results, doing business in certain countries, strategic decisions, and similar issues. All of this puts the compliance function in a unique position to be the fulcrum on many issues which will come up with a COSO-based analysis or implementation. 
The updated framework retained core definitions of internal controls, those being control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communication, and monitoring activities. Further, these five operational concept, concepts are still visually represented in the well-known three-dimensional COSO cube. In addition, the criteria used to assess the effectiveness of an internal control system remain largely unchanged. The effectiveness of internal controls is assessed relative to the five components of them and the underlying principles supporting the components. However, the emphasis is on the principles, which is new to the 2013 framework. Joel Howell noted that the COSO framework can be seen as both a preventive and detect control. He also related that your internal controls need to be sustainable over the long haul. You cannot build one thing, one-off things that allow you to do one period, something one period, and not have a process in place that will help you get through all of the periods of reporting what you need to cover. The controls cannot be a one and done, unlike the University of Kentucky basketball team. As we explore the COSO framework, the compliance practitioner should understand how the entire framework interacts and intersects with the compliance function in a manner which is sustainable throughout the organization. So what are today's three key takeaways? First, you must use the COSO framework or some other similar source for your internal control structure. Two, the 2013 framework identifies five following areas, control environment, risk assessment, control activities, information and communication, and monitoring that you must both assess and implement internal controls around. And finally, do not be like the University of Kentucky basketball team and one and done. Your internal controls must be sustainable. Thank you very much for listening to day 14 of one month to more effective internal controls, and I hope you'll join me tomorrow for day 15. This is Tom Fox again. Hope you've enjoyed this episode of One Month to Better Internal Controls. If you've listened to this podcast on iTunes, I would greatly appreciate it if you would rate this podcast as it would help in our rankings. Get the word out about the only one month podcast series which enables you to design, implement, and enhance a better compliance program. Also, if you have any questions, please feel free to contact me at tfox at tfoxlaw.com. This is Tom Fox. Thank you very much for listening, and I hope you'll join us again tomorrow. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.